Welcome to HRI's Next in Health podcast. I'm Trina Sideros, and I lead PwC's Health Research Institute. I want to welcome Igor Belakronitsky, who's a principal with Strategy And, which is PwC's strategy arm. Igor is going to join me as co-host of the podcast. Welcome, Igor. Trina, it's a delight to be here. So before we get to our topic, I thought we would tell our listeners a little bit about ourselves. So Igor, give us your 30-second bio, plus tell us one surprising thing about yourself. Trina, I have been doing healthcare consulting for the last 16 years, and I have worked with over 60 different health organizations all over the industry, helping them with their strategy and operations. So I'm very excited to be a part of this. And surprising fact, so thinking about public appearances and being nervous about public appearances, I thought about my very first one. And I was in elementary school and I was welcoming an astronaut to our school and I was wearing a helmet that my mother had made out of a cake box wrapped in tinfoil. So I I hope I do slightly better this time around. (laughs) Do you still have this awesome helmet? It no longer fits, unfortunately. It is no longer safe for spacewalks. (laughs) That is fantastic. I'm sad about the loss of the helmet. So like I said, I'm leading the firm's Health Research Institute. I've been with PwC for eight years. And before that, I was a journalist for 17 years. My last journalism gig was the Chicago Tribune, where I was on the investigative team covering science and medicine. I'm based in Chicago, and one interesting thing about me is that I am studying the history of medicine. I've been taking classes at the Johns Hopkins School of Medicine's History of Medicine Department, and I was lucky enough to sign up for a course on the Black Death just as the pandemic was kind of cranking up. And so last year, I spent time learning about the pandemics that have hit civilization through the years. And that was a really kind of wonderful way to sort of feel connected to these kinds of cataclysms that have happened for millennia. So that was interesting. And that's one surprising thing about me that folks might not know. So let's get started. The topic today is Behind the Numbers, our Medical Cost Trend Report. And we just published this last week. And the report, which we've been doing for 16 years, projects medical cost trend for the coming year. And this year, it was quite a question for us because we didn't know going into it when we started to look at this, what it would be because the pandemic really has complicated things and made medical cost trend more uncertain in the last couple of years. Of course, 2020, 2021, and now we're looking toward 2022. And so what we projected was that medical cost trend would be 6.5% for 2022, down slightly from 7%, which is what we projected for 2021. And just to give some context, Back in 2007, medical cost trend was 11.9%. It fell kind of consistently through the years since then, down to a low of about 5.5% in 2017. It's kind of bounced around there until 2020 when it was 6%, and then 2021, 7%. And now we're projecting 6.5% for 2022. So Igor, what do you think? Are you surprised that medical cost trend is slightly higher once the pandemic hit than it was in the years before the pandemic? What do you think? Trina, I think it stands to reason. Certainly a year from now, we'll revisit this and see how close we were. But if you think about the pandemic, it showed us two things. It showed us all the ways in which our system was frail and fragile 
and underperforming, but it also showed us how innovative our health system can be. And so I see next year as addressing the weaknesses and the frailties, but also paying for all the innovations. And so both of those things cost money. And so I certainly expect the uptick in spend as we recover and strengthen our system and get back on the right track. I love the way that you categorize it as the frailties and the innovations, you know, that we're paying in a way for both and we'll reap the benefits from the innovations down the road. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so maybe let's talk about some of this lingering impact of COVID on the care that people are going to need. And that we certainly see as part of the report as one of the drivers of the costs next year, as some of the care that's been delayed or foregone has its impact and takes its toll. So what are your thoughts on these lingering impacts of delayed and foregone care on the costs and on the health of our population? Yeah, this is one of the features of the pandemic is that, especially, you know, sort of starting in spring 2020, so many of us stayed home from everything, including medical care, except for the most emergent kinds of things. So now, you know, we're looking forward to 2020 and we've got a couple of different kinds of deferred care. We've got the care that's not coming back. So foregone care, um, maybe that preventative annual visit that should have happened in 2020 that didn't. You know, you can't, you're not going to have two in 2021 to sort of make up for the one you missed in 2020. So in 2022, that's sort of a neutral thing. These foregone pieces of care, they're not going to happen. They didn't happen. Moving on. Deferred care that's coming back in the same form. So maybe you were going to have a knee surgery in 2020. You didn't have it, but you're going to have it this year. So that we see those kinds of services up in 2022, those foregone surgeries and services. And then there's the deferred care that now requires more intervention. So sort of neglected care where you didn't get those symptoms checked out in 2020 or 2021. And now we're looking forward to 2022. And those issues are more serious and are going to require more intervention, more spending. And so we see that kind of spending in terms of utilization up in 2022. I think you can sort of also look at delayed cancer screenings that didn't happen. Maybe now some of those cancers that would have been caught two years ago could be further along, unfortunately. And so, again, we'll see higher acuity happening in 2022 that we'll be paying for and seeing in the healthcare system. And so that also is driving medical cost trend. I think the other piece of it, Igor, is mental health. And I think that's its own category where we see this new sort of tidal wave of mental health needs coming out of the pandemic where a lot of folks, you know, if they had mental health issues before, they've been exacerbated. And then people who maybe did not have serious mental health issues before the pandemic, developing anxiety, depression, maybe substance abuse issues coming out of the stresses and the disruptions of the year and a half now that we've all lived through. And I wonder what you think about that. What are you hearing from clients and health organizations around mental health? Trina, I can readily attest to this being a major issue here in San Francisco, where I live. Last year, more people died of drug overdose than of COVID. And so this pandemic has really been a perfect storm in terms of both causing mental health substance abuse issues as side effects, in terms of further fraying our social fabric and letting people fall through the cracks of their communities, of employment, of wage earning, and creating further drivers of mental health and behavioral health issues and drug abuse. 
And this is top of mind for pretty much every health organization. And one positive trend that we are seeing with our clients is even health organizations that used to stay out of this space and leave it to others are now getting much more involved in managing this issue. I think you know, it'll be something that we'll be watching because the demand for services, mental health services and behavioral health services is so great right now. And the supply is uneven and perhaps lacking, you know, in terms of meeting that demand. And so I think it'll be fascinating to see what kind of creative solutions come out of, you know, health organizations to try to meet that demand. That's so great. And we'll have, I think, a long tail long after we all hopefully, at least in the United States, feel like things are moving back toward normal. This is, I think, one of the longer tails that the pandemic will leave. Yeah, Trina, as we kind of shift gears to think about the lessons of the pandemic and the takeaways, I think one of the biggest ones for health organizations has been this need to be more dynamic, to see around corners and to adjust quicker. And so this creates the need to forecast more, to think more in terms of scenarios, to hedge the risks that exist. And the great thing is that over the past year, what health organizations have seen is they actually can do this and need to do this. And so traditionally, everything was fixed. You had fixed facilities, you had the building, you had your staff that was salaried. There wasn't a whole lot you could adjust and tweak and flex, even if you anticipated some changes down the road. But over the past year, what the health organizations have seen is, no, they actually can change. They actually can send some of their workforce home. They actually can shut down and reopen a building. They can not quite turn in a dime, but getting close to it, and their tools have gotten better. And necessities, a mother of invention, they've gotten a lot better at seeing around corners, at thinking in scenarios. And so that is another legacy of the pandemic is a more agile and dynamic way of doing business. Not quite all the way there yet, but we know that it's going to be needed and it's going to be part of success in the future. What do you think? Yeah, that's exactly borne out by our research. So when we asked provider executives about investments that they were planning to make in the wake of the pandemic, 81% told us they were investing in predictive modeling. 31% said that their organization was investing in scenario planning. And 23% said their organization was investing in simulations. So there's a lot of investment going on, in part driven by the abrupt shortages that came out of the pandemic. And we all remember seeing the headlines about PPE shortages, even shortages of things like bleach, commonly used drugs that were for putting people on ventilators, things like that. And so this experience has really driven this desire to do better. And like you said, we actually have the tools to do that. So it's not just sort of a imaginary crystal ball and guessing. We actually have much better tools to do forecasting than perhaps, say, 10 years ago. So yeah, we see a lot of investment. That's why it's one of our drivers of medical cost trend, because those investments will be baked into the costs of providing care in 2022. So the genie came out of the bottle during the pandemic, and a number of health organizations have opened the digital front door for their patients and for their members and made it easier for them to access the health that they need. And so now that this door has been propped open, Trina, what do you think is going to happen next? Well, I think what we're going to see, and this is what we're hearing from clients and health organizations and the entire health ecosystem, is that there'll be a much better, 
more efficient, more convenient, more familiar to all of us consumers in other parts of our lives way of interacting with the health system. And I think this is one of the force mechanisms of the pandemic was, like you said, like propping open this door. And now so many of us, millions of us have walked through the door and we like what we see on the other side. And so now the entire health system is really going to have to build up that infrastructure to make this permanent and better. And I think that's what we're going to see. Our research is showing that we will see further investments in this infrastructure to tie us all better digitally to the healthcare system. And we should see better insights into how to keep ourselves healthy, better communication, better access to our own data, better access for our other providers to our data. All of these pieces, some of it being enabled by regulation, all of these pieces are part of what we're hearing, all kinds of investments going on in the healthcare system right now. So, you know, I think the fruits of that we may see as consumers in the next couple of years, in terms of 2022 medical cost trend, we will probably see it baked in. This is what we're saying in our report, baked into the cost of providing care next year and beyond. But the fruits of it, I think we will begin to see bit by bit going forward as consumers. And that hopefully one of the outcomes of that is better outcomes for all of us. Trina, I can tell you I'm reaping those fruits right now myself. I'm using a virtual physical therapy tool. And as a consumer, I'm saving a lot of time not going to see the physical therapist. And my employer, I'm sure, is enjoying me not missing work by having to go to the physical therapist. So I'm feeling better. I'm saving money. And so is my employer. So that's the, the promise of, of virtual care being realized. Yeah, absolutely. We asked back in 2013, I believe, we started asking consumers and consumer surveys about their willingness and desire to access care virtually in a lot of different scenarios. And every year we've asked the same scenarios of consumers and every year the share of consumers that want to do it, that seek this out, that, that wish it would happen, grows and grows and the demographics grow and grow too. It's not just young consumers, it's older demographics as well. And I think the pandemic has only accelerated that and finally, you know, I think we see the health system sort of meeting consumers where they were maybe even five, six, seven years ago. And so I think this is one of those pieces of the pandemic that's fueled something that consumers want. And we'll see the fruits of that coming up in the next couple of years. For more on these topics and other health industry insights driven by policy, innovation and care delivery changes, please visit our website at pwc.com forward slash HRI. Until next time, this has been Next in Health. This podcast is brought to you by PwC All Rights Reserved. PwC refers to the U.S. member firm or one of its subsidiaries or affiliates and may sometimes refer to the PwC network. Each member firm is a separate legal entity. Please see www.pwc.com structure for further details. This podcast is for general information purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for consultation with professional advisors.